Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Teller County Sheriff's Office podcast. This is Tommy Allen with the Honorary Deputy Sheriff's Association. And today I am joined by, of course, Sheriff Mike Sol and Lieutenant Bunting. And our guest today is the new director for the Office of Emergency Management. And I got that right, right? Director? Yeah. Um, Jay Teague, sir, thank you for coming in. I really have been looking forward to having you in here and talking to you today. Well, good. This is right up my alley. My mom always told me I had a face for radio. (laughs) (laughs) She was so right. (laughs) (laughs) That's not nice. Here we go. (laughs) And it begins. But uh, so my understanding is that you bring a a lot of experience uh, and a lot of institutional knowledge with you into the office of the OEM, which is something we, I believe, sorely, sorely sorely needed. I'm very excited for the future of the county here, uh, the safety of the county. Uh, so let me go ahead and start off with, uh, can you, can I get you to talk a bit about where you were before you came here and, uh, you know, your experience and your background? Oh, you want the life story, like okay. from whenever I was, uh, still in diapers or <laughs> well, you have a professional yeah. career. Yeah. So, uh, after college, I went off to the military and, uh, worked as a, as a combat medic and firefighter for the military. And when, after leaving active duty, I stayed working for the Department of Defense uh, in emergency services as a GS civilian. And I have a total service time, uh, about 24 and a half, almost 25 years with Department of Defense. Uh, I appreciate you, your service with the military and the continuing service. Absolutely. Yeah, you bet. And uh, I married my high school sweetheart. We've been uh, together the whole time, and I told her the day we got married, just so you know, if you plan to stay with me, I plan to retire in Colorado. And uh, I had family here in Colorado. I used to spend my summers up here as a kid, um, learned to fly, fly fish and, and hunt and hike and backpack and all that stuff. And she said she seemed pretty copacetic to that idea, and so here we are. <laughs> um, I, uh, I retired from the Department of Defense uh, December of 2019, and I took the fire chief's job at Four Mile Fire up here. I began work January 6th of 2020, and I did that up until just recently. So as you take over as the director for the OEM, what are your what are your plans for kind of shifting focus or, or shaping the focus of, of the OEM or of the office? Well, I see a, a major transition happening for the Office of Emergency Management just because of the amount of growth that Teller County has seen over the last, especially the last decade. Um, typically with a small county and small populations, your OEM office, if you even have one, is usually a part-time office and it's more focused directly on operations uh, just for due to lack of staffing and, and manpower and so on. But as a county grows like Teller has, the uh, emergency management office has to evolve from more of a uh, an overall, uh, I, I heard the uh, state OEM actually the other day describe it as a 30,000 foot view. Rather than being boots on the ground, actually out there on the fire line, the the OEM should be stepping back and looking at the picture, not just what's happening now, but what needs to happen tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. And so the OEM office has to work with our state and federal partners in all of our emergency agencies to have that uh, uh, continuity of operations plan in place so that, yeah, we're fighting the fire today, but when the fire's out tomorrow, what are the repercussions and how is the OEM going to help mitigate and minimize damage and effects on our residents here in Teller County? And we're, and we're moving into that realm as a, as a county. 
And you know, the really good thing is, is because um, Jay comes to us as a former fire chief, he is a part of all of the meetings that we get together as organizations and have uh, monthly, even quarterly meetings. So he's already aware of all the stuff that the OEM attends and the functions that uh, we have throughout the, um, throughout the year. Okay. And how has the relationship been, Sheriff, with, with Jay coming in and taking that over? Oh, it's been very good. I think um, Jay's really what we're looking for because he already had the relationships built. So it makes it much easier to take that position and move forward with it. The other side is since, you know, we, we are part of the fire chief's means, Jay's worked with us for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. So honestly, it was a pretty easy transition. And then working with him on the High Park fire, that was... Uh, you know, a, a good piece because, you know, I can jump in a car with him or we can talk about things and it's, it makes it easier uh, to transition on the fires too. And I have every confidence in him. And that's why, you know, during fires, I give operations back to the fire chief and that was back to Jay. He did a remarkable job. So, you know, for us going forward, it, it does make it easier for a transition to his vision and what my vision is for the community. So um, really we're, we're pretty united. It's a good front. Now you were, yeah, as we were talking about, you were before the chief of the Four Mile Fire, Di- fire District, is that right? The fire Mile District. Fire District. Yes, sir. Uh, and now you're kind of looking over, you said earlier, the, the 30,000 foot view, I think, having that kind of view over all of the uh, fire districts in the county now, uh, how has that kind of changed your perception or has it changed your perception? Well, I've gone from a, you know, a tactical mindset to more of a support function. And it's not just the fire districts, it's supporting, you know, our law enforcement professionals, it's supporting our ambulance districts, uh, our schools, and uh, our business organizations. You know, I've already been pulled in about 500 different directions. (laughs) Uh, Now that the word, now that the word's gotten out that we have an OEM in the office. And so, uh, I like the challenge because some of this stuff, you know, a lot of it I've dealt with in the past and previous positions, but now I get a little bit more of a hands-on purview um, to these other avenues of emergency services and, and, and mitigation for the county. So it's, you know, I've never, my wife says, you're never happy unless you're cleaning up a mess. And so I wouldn't say that, you know, the, the EM office was really a mess because, the sheriff's department give a shout to Renee Bunting. So many people picked up the pieces and were running with it and, and did a terrific job. And I just want to come in and help facilitate and just be a part of that team that's already in place. You know, uh, Teller, Teller County really hadn't suffered, I would say, um, not having an OEM, but definitely it would be a huge plus and benefit to, you know, the sheriff and our other, our other uh, agencies to have a functioning OEM in place that can work towards grant programs and processes, um, uh, progressing our uh, emergency plans, our operational guidelines and protocols and procedures, things to help Teller keep pace uh, with the growth and, and the change in the mission structure here for the county. And Tommy, I think, you know, really in the past with OEMs, it's been a function um that was disjointed from the sheriff's office in a lot of ways. So what occurred was is that usually an OEM falls underneath public safety when, for most part, right? So their authority is derived from my authority, and that is from an elected official's position. The issue is, is in all counties, the the commissioners are, are elected to do financial responsibilities for the most part, right? Public safety is one of their big strong points, but then that falls underneath the sheriff to run public safety. And OEM actually falls under that public safety as an educational piece. And also 
work um, to provide structure and different things for all those folks. And what occurs for a sheriff is that, you know, we have the fire marshal duties for anything that exceeds a local agency's uh, ability to handle. And then we're the go-betweens between the state and the county. And then the commissioners coming in on emergency orders, financial responsibilities, but really the direction has to come from the sheriff on how that's going to run. And what's really occurring now is Jay is becoming that point person for me to be able to give my authority to, to go, Hey, I need you to work on this fire. Um, just like I give it back to fire chiefs. It's one of those things where um, that authority that's derived is from legislative acts that say a sheriff is in charge of fires. Um, I don't know why they did that years ago, but, and I think some of it is because you have to have a point person, right? And, and really in a county, the only person that has public safety capability is a sheriff. On the other side of that, the sheriff also has to keep the peace. Well, keep the peace can be a very broad spectrum for a lot of different events. But also a sheriff has to deal with um, a DARA officer, which is really our hazmat issues. So Jay's background and capability kind of really merged that gap between the sheriff's office and the community for large events, because he really has a better understanding of hazmat fire service. So it really assists us in maintaining that. Now that won't change the face of the community liaison person, but it will create um, a better flow as to how we do things. And I think that that's, that's what's exciting to me. It, it's exciting to have that partnership. And he goes forth with our authority, just like a deputy does, because without that, he doesn't have the top cover of dealing with these things. So right now having that great relationship and having somebody that we can trust to handle this, um, is really going to be a nice uh, piece to the puzzle we have of emergency management in the county. How is uh, the county's emergency preparedness as you're coming in as the uh, OEM director? Well, operationally, I think it's superb. Um, I've been going through and reviewing a lot of our operational plans, uh, has our uh, hazard plans for the county. And I know that the sheriff and them have been inter integral in working with the previous OEM and putting those plans into place. And everything's grade A. Uh, I have no complaints about our current capabilities. Um, and again, like you mentioned earlier, that was demonstrated perfectly on the High Park fire, what we were able to do. You know, uh, we received a lot of commendations from our state and federal partners that what we were able to do as a, as a county with our resources and our capabilities was outstanding. One of the things that we started a long time ago, back in 2007, is preparing for emergencies. Um, the local emergency um, planning committee, that's all they do, is we train and prepare for emergencies. We used to meet monthly, now we meet quarterly. Um, and we just make sure that everybody is aware of what you need to do and how you have to get prepared. You know, fire season isn't just a few months anymore. I mean, pretty much all year long, um, we're focusing on fires and uh, emergency preparedness. And I think it's really instrumental and says a lot about the county because we took that on and started telling people, this is how you prepare. This is what you need to do. Um, and we're going to help you so that you do it right. And I think that's, it's instrumental. And it says a lot about our county that we focused on that a long time ago. So we don't have so much to do uh, now. Now, going a little bit beyond the borders of our county here, uh, I, I understand that Park County lent us some capability during the High Park fire. And uh, how is your relationship with the other uh surrounding counties and their their emergency managers or their their emergency assets well having been the chief of four mile where we border two other counties my district you know fremont and park i had to work pretty closely with some of the agency leadership from those counties uh tallahassee fire 
Lake George fire, Southern Park County fire, and, uh, you know, Chief Bernstetter, um, Chief Staley, and Chief Norris from those agencies we've got a great relationship with. Absolutely adore those folks. They have helped us every time we've ever called for help. We try to reciprocate and help them back, but we have a, a tremendous mutual aid working relationship. And some of those agencies, even though they're not in Teller, they are participants in the Teller County Task Force. And so they come to the Chief's Council meetings. They come to the LEPC meetings. And so we've already got a tremendous organization in place working with uh, some of our other county partners. So emergency breaks out, wildfire, something like that. Uh, what is the OEM's responsibility during that time? I assume you have to, you can't just fixate on the fire because you have countywide responsibilities, but can you kind of talk about that a bit? Yeah, talking about that 30,000 foot view, the OEM, you know, really needs to take a step back and see, you know, what is our coverage for the rest of the county? What if we, you know, don't have enough coverage for another major event to take place. And so those are concerns that the OEM needs to address. Um, Working with our liaisons and coordinating between other agencies, you know, like on the High Park Fire, we had uh, DFPC, Department of Fire Prevention and Control come in for, uh, as our state partners. We had to work with BLM. We brought in BLM and a commander from the from the Canyon office uh, because that fire did burn across BLM land. Uh, so we had to coordinate and work with them. And then obviously our uh, the, the IMT team that came in, the incident management team that came in uh, as our federal representatives. So the OEM is really just a support role, you know, and making sure that the overall picture is being addressed that uh, the county is not uh, at risk or hindered by the response that's currently taking place, that we can still provide the services necessary to the rest of the county, and uh, and then making sure that uh, we reduce the repercussions and consequences to our county residents, depending on the type of event that has transpired. I think, Tommy, too, something that a lot of people don't uh, know is that after the day after the fire, we go into planning again for the next fire, yeah. right? So every emergency is an emergency uh, years before it even happens because that emergency, we're already developing how to deal with those things. So operational meetings at the sheriff's office go on pretty much daily as to capabilities and resources, personnel, how that's done. We have the communication center. All those things are a constant. So before High Park fire, all those things with communication, we went to a new 800 system because we learned from a high chateau fire that we didn't have communication. It made it harder. Um, and even though high chateau was a success, uh, even though we lost homes, we didn't lose as many as we could have. Um, we didn't have people injured, which we could have. Um, it started in the middle of a subdivision, which is the most dangerous thing that could occur. Um, and we were able to protect one way ins and one way outs to get people out in time. All those were uh, learning pieces for us, too, to identify a communications needed. Um, how we set up our divisions is different for the fire chiefs. Having the fire chief there and identifying where we're doing business at is a big thing. Contacting the state immediately to get them coming in here so I can start working with them. Um, getting the emergency orders declared immediately so that we have that in place when we need to start pushing for our federal dollars. All those things that we learned from the High Chateau fire the day after, we started implementing years ago. So when we got to this fire, hey, those things are being implemented. So it's less time to evac. It's more communication. It's the information flow to the community. It's all those things were already being done. 
Um, and that's a driving force of this office. And it's a driving force now with Jay of what do we do to fix this? So after the fire, we have what's called an after action report. First one done that I know of. And even in the state, these aren't done very often. Um, and even our state partners talked about that. The fact is, is that we're learning from these things. So we don't make the same mistakes again. And, and honestly, on this fire, there were very small mistakes. They weren't, um, you know, big things, but they're just things we need to tighten up on. So the next fire even runs better. And I think that learning piece is, is really where we do well. But once again, um, that next fire has started today and it clock starts ticking. Well, and I would assume that Jay coming in as the director for the OEM, uh, a lot of that uh, institutional knowledge to be able to do effective after action reviews or reports, pardon me, uh, can really fall on your shoulders to really add a lot of good information, value and perspective. Yes, sir. Well, I've been uh, over my career, been able to participate in some really large events. Uh, got to participate in an after action crew for the uh, active shooter that happened at Fort Hood. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Down in Texas. Mm -hmm. um, I've been on many fires. Uh, I think the largest fire that I've been on was over 300,000 acres. Um, was part of a division crew uh, on the Wildcat fire in Texas. Um, and so I've been able to participate in some really large events. Uh, we had Ebola in 2014, and I was on the hazmat crew that was on standby for the Ebola response in Dallas, Texas, when we had uh, that gentleman come back from Africa and test positive for Ebola. And so uh, getting to um, have that purview for our fires, EMS, um, hazmat and so on. I think those are my strengths. I think that's what I bring to the table for the sheriff um, that he can pull in, <clears throat> pull information from me for. But again, like I said, you know, I don't really have, I don't have an incident command or an authoritative role on any of these large incidents. All that is derived from, according to the state of Colorado, it all derives from our sheriff in every county. And so I'm here to support Jason um, and in his team and whatever role they feel I can you know, maybe shore up or bring some strengths to, I'm happy to jump in as a team player. I'm just really honored to be part of this team. Now, a question I just going to, I'm just going to throw it out there uh, for everybody during the high park fire. Uh, we had a lot of people that wanted to volunteer because, you know, we're Teller County and that's how we roll here. But uh, there are some things that people can do, but starting now, what can folks do for the next emergency? Get involved. Get involved with your fire district. Uh, get involved with the sheriff's office. You know, get involved with TCRAS. Uh, get on the CART team. But the biggest thing is, we really appreciate the people that came out and wanted to assist. But during the emergency, it, it's really too late because those people have to be vetted first. Uh, we don't want someone to use a trailer that it has not been inspected in years to move animals that we're trying to get to safety. Um, we just want to make sure that those people have been checked out and and everything is good to go. They're valid. Uh, their driver's license is valid. Um, just everything. Just make sure, you know, cross those T's and dot the I's. So right now is when you need to start reaching out and looking for organizations that you can uh, get affiliated with. Now, one of the things uh, we were talking before the before the podcast here, Jay, about uh, uh, a vision, or not a vision, but a plan that you had for uh, uh, increasing the capacity at the fire districts. Yes, sir. This summer, we're looking to uh, host an open house at all of the fire districts on the same day where it'd be a recruitment event. Anyone interested in volunteering can come down and they can get a kind of an educational brief on what the mission is, what some of the needs are, and maybe some of the roles that they could fulfill. You know, I, at Four Mile, <clears throat> you know, I had so many people coming in saying, oh, I wish I could volunteer for you, but I'm too old or I'm too young or whatnot. Well, my youngest volunteer uh, at, at Four Mile is 12. 
Now I don't put that person on a fire, but that, that kid can run and, and, and be an errand person and shuttle materials and logistics stuff. And, and my oldest is about to hit 90 and he's a old retired, uh, fire chief. And he brings a wealth of knowledge and training experience to help train up my newer folks out there. And so we've got a very broad range uh, for folks to fulfill. It doesn't matter really what your age or your background is. There's something you can do, whether it's with the sheriff's posse, mm-hmm. whether it's with the fire district, um, with the cert team, uh, the cart team. There's something that should appeal to just about everybody. So if you've got the time and the willpower to to give some of your effort as a volunteer, there's something in Teller County you can participate in. You know, right before the fire, we had that big event down at Northeast Teller Fire with Chief Lambert. And we had about 400 people come out and attend that event about uh, fire mitigation. How do you prepare? What do you need to do? Um, all, of the, all the information that they would need on how to build their emergency kit and, you know, how many days supply should they have. That was a huge and well-attended well event. And I think that was instrumental. I know they do that every year, but I think that's part of it, is reaching out to the community and seeing, you know, how can we help you? And my biggest thing is, what are we not providing? I mean, is there something that we're not providing you? Uh, We did have problems with peak alerts, but we're working on that. And that's one of the things we're getting out to farmer's market and at the events and signing people up and trying to help them and assist in how they can get signed up with peak alerts. Yeah, I understand that the dispatch supervisor is going to be out at the the farmer's Farmer's market market, to sign people up for peak alerts. And she was here at the open house as well, signing people up. So it's great. With the fact that most people are going away from now landline phones Mm -hmm. and going to cell phones, unless they're on that cell system where they actually tie into it by going to peak alerts, you're just not going to get a a phone number or or a contact from us. Your phone may be a South Carolina phone that you moved here with. Well, the thing is, when we draw a polygon, the home address is not in there because your phone is showing an address out of uh, South Carolina. There's nothing we can do about that. That's a cell phone issue that there's no... There's no fix yet nationally. So um, that's something you have to go and you have to sign your phone up through Peak Alerts. And that's peakalerts.org. That's right. So everybody out there listening, if you haven't done so yet, go and get yourself an account with Peak Alerts, peakalerts.org. And that way you can be notified whether you are in the state or out of the state at the time so that you know what's going on with your home should an emergency strike. Moving on to the High Park fire, just quick about it. Um, we've, we've talked about the the constant preparedness that the county goes through to prepare for those types of emergencies. And uh, you know, from every, every uh, where I've looked, it's, it seems that the High Park fire, yeah, a fire is never good, but this went much better than it really could have. And that was because of a lot of the, the preparedness. Uh, Chief, when you were uh, over at Four Mile, you were the initial response and then you did all the, the uh, coordinations. You know, it's pretty simple for a fire chief. It's either you can handle it or you can't. Uh, when I first arrived on scene, the uh, fire was moving uphill. Uh, I had 60 mile an hour wind gusts pushing it in about waist high grass. And my initial trucks that were on scene when I was watching my firemen um, uh, jump off the trucks, they were unable to even keep up with it running. That's how fast that was moving up into the trees. Um, Doing my size up, I ran around and went through the BLM entrance to the property to go in and make sure there weren't any campers uh, that were in direct line of uh, travel for the fire. And so after doing that, I came back out and I actually made contact with Sheriff Mikesell and we started kind of a 360 size up of the fire. I had to make the determination, do I need to hand this over to the county? 
And uh, my hope had been that once the fire got up onto the top of the plateau and in the trees, it would slow down enough that with county resources, we'd be able to handle it. Mine too. And, uh, <laughs> but there was so much, the conditions were so dry, this drought that we're in and the fuel from last year, we did have some good rains in the spring and summer last year. We had so much dried fuel that, uh, it, it just was moving way too fast. And then my next consideration is, well, what structures, what homes, what evacuations need to be ordered. And so we, we started ordering evacuations and, and establishing pre-evac areas and, uh, moving resources into that Lakemore subdivision because those were the first homes that were threatened by the fire. And as a, just a quick note, because of a lot of that coordination, not a single home was lost, not a single bit of property, right? Yeah. Um, that was a huge victory for us because I mean, there's an old saying that volunteer firehouses, all they save were foundations, you know, just because of the, the, the timing of response, it takes a while to get your volunteers to the station and to the home and, and, uh, and then a lot of them are not certified or trained to actually engage a house fire. They just have to sit outside and spray water on it. And one of the things that I did when I came to Four Mile was try to look ahead into the future of what our residents of Four Mile were going to need. And I did a whole lot of study on the, on the uh, High Chateau fire and what went wrong back then, what progress has been made since that fire in the county, and what can I do as a local fire chief to improve my department and provide the best service possible to my residents. And so I started recruiting. I started recruiting certified red-carded firefighters, and if I didn't ha and if a guy came in, he was physically capable but didn't have his red card, we put him through a wildland academy and we, and we pack tested them and got them the red cards. So I had certified firefighters that I could legally and safely put on the line to tackle fire rather than stand back and watch it do its thing. And I had also this year acquired a battalion chief from El Paso County Wildland, uh, Chief Greasby, who's actually my replacement at Four Mile. And he's a certified burn boss. He's got every certification you could really want for a, a chief to have uh, as far as wildland goes. And because I had a burn boss there as a volunteer agency, I didn't have to wait for state and federal partners to initiate burnout operations to protect those structures. So I was able to have him in a supervisory, a division chief position, supervise a lot of the Teller County's volunteer assets and actually put fire on the ground to burn all the fuel back away from the houses and back towards the main fire. And I think uh, without a shadow of a doubt, 100%, that's what allowed us to save all those homes. Now, just uh, real quick for the listeners out there, that's experience you're getting into the OEM office here with the with, uh, Director Teague. I don't know if that, what, do I still call you chief? What do I call you now? Well, they say once you're a chief, you're always a chief. Okay, so chief. I'll, I'll, I'll even answer to AU. So. <laughs> okay. But I'm sorry, I interrupted when, as you were talking about the, the development of the process with the Four Mile Fire. It, Tom, yeah. Tom, if I can step in for a sec, something that's important in this is that um, as a sheriff, I've gone to fires and I've had fire chiefs that have basically thrown their stuff at me and said, I, I don't want anything to do with this. It's too much. Um, most of the time in this county, we've got great fire chiefs all across the board, but there does come a limit to what somebody can handle, what they can't handle. Right. So now it's nice that I can actually grab up a, an OEM that's Jay with a fire background and go, Hey, I need you to run this operation. Um, and two, to some degree that helps the fire chiefs too, that are there understand they have somebody that they already know, you know, that that's given, Hey, I need this done or I need that done. Um, because that level of experience assists all of us in getting these fires dealt with quickly and saving homes. Because really that first 15, 20 minutes of chaos is where you make or break the operation. It's not in the days that follow. It's in that initial 
size up an attack that we deal with very quickly is local response. And that's why we've been so successful in this county is that initial attack with the great fire chiefs we have. But even they need support sometimes. Yep. Well, of course. Yeah. Um, so I, I again, please let me uh, invite you to continue uh, talking about the process of uh, what that you went through during the during the fire here. Well, after uh, I had made contact with Sheriff Mikesell and we went and we got a view on that north and, and eastern side of the fire and knew what we were dealing with, the topography, the challenges that that was going to throw at us. And then with the wind conditions, we you know we had a, a pretty narrow valley there that I, I was pretty certain we were going to lose across the valley with the wind conditions. And so uh, didn't, I didn't hesitate too long. Uh, <laughs> I, know, I know Sheriff had asked me, he's all, J.D., you got this? J.D., you got this? And uh, I said, just give me a minute, sir, so I could finish my size up. And, uh, and then just looking at the conditions, I knew that I needed to delegate that up to the county. Uh, and so sheriff took the fire uh, responsibility as, as the fire marshal and fire warden for the county. Uh, he did leave me uh, to run operations until we started to receive some of those state and federal partners in to come in that could take over operations uh, for the fire. But, uh, you know, Teller County did an amazing job. We held that fire on that uh, western side of that valley um, for really a day and a half. And... Uh, gave time for the state and federal teams to come in and start getting more boots on the ground uh, from those from those uh, relationships and partnerships. So, you know, again, kudos to all of Teller County and our, our partners that came up from uh, Park County and uh, El Paso County. You know, we did a tremendous job holding that fire the way we did in the conditions that we had. And I'll tell you, Tommy, one of the big issues, too, we run into is that our state partners and federal partners didn't even have the resources because it's early in the fire season. Now we get in fire season, they usually don't have them either because they've got them out everywhere else too. Mm-hmm. And we have some big fires going on all across the United States at this point too. One of the things that was important was relationship building from the local fire chiefs. So at one point I turned to all the fire chiefs and I asked them, hey, I know you got friends in fire departments, see what we can get up here for structure protection for Cripple Creek to assist, see what we have for extra crews that can come up here and help with this. So they reached out through their networks. And immediately they had uh, fire departments because of relationships saying, hey, I can send a crew up tonight. Hey, I can send a crew up tomorrow. And that's what got us into those next operational cycles, bringing in more people. So if the state had put in a resource request, they weren't getting any requests in return. Because what happens is when they do the requests, those those fire departments are required to stay for up to two weeks. Well, if you're worried about protecting your own area, you don't want to send your resources. But if I'm a buddy with Tommy and I go, hey, Tommy, can you send me what you can? Well, we were able to scrape together enough crews locally from agencies outside of Teller County to send people to assist us for a night for two days until we could get new teams in. So it's a big plus having fire departments that have such good relationships and the sheriff's departments having good relationships to make those phone calls to go, hey, I need, hey, buddy, I need a, I need a favor. Um, whereas we do the same thing for them. These emergency personnel, they are they have a really hard job and you can make that job a lot easier, a lot easier by doing things like looking into how you can prepare yourselves for the eventuality that you may need to evacuate, that you may need to do some first aid. You know, there are classes that the sheriff's office does that the different, uh, the fire districts do that you can prepare yourselves to be as effective as possible uh, until those emergency responders can get there to help you out. Um, and uh, really with that, uh, anybody else? 
Anything? Get out and volunteer. Oh, and yep. get out and volunteer for yep. crying out loud. Be prepared. Mitigate. 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 Oh, mitigate. <laughs> I, I've started that process at my house, too. I, I, I'm happy because I did such a good job last year. It's just a little bit this year. <laughs> good. <laughs> Anyways, so everybody, thank you for joining us uh, for the Sheriff's Office podcast. Sheriff, Renee, and Chief, thank you all for coming out and talking to the folks today and you know letting us get a good feel, not just for who you are as the incoming director for the Office of Emergency Management, but also really what the emerge, uh, what the OEM's role is and where the, where the OEM falls in on the hierarchy there and, and what we can expect. Um, and with that, I'll go ahead and Sign off, everybody. Have a great time out there, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Thanks Tommy. Tommy. Thanks.